Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. In this series uh, today, this part of the message, I want to look at these questions. So, have you finished all your Christmas shopping? Anybody ever get that question? Have you finished all your shopping yet? Um... (laughs) Yeesh, me either. I'm one of those people that I, I wait. And I think my dad modeled that for me because we were literally always on Christmas Eve in the stores buying my mom's Christmas presents. And, uh, you know, and, and so I tend to wait late to buy my Christmas shopping. I'm not one of those early shoppers. Um, have you put your tree up yet? You know, have you put, you know, you haven't put your tree up yet? So a lot of people, that's a question that people get. Have you put your Christmas tree up? Have you done your shopping? Uh, Have you finished all your cooking? Well, it's too late. Uh, It's too early. Hopefully you haven't started that part yet. But as you get down to it, those of us who do a lot of cooking, which I don't know why I included myself in that because Shay and I don't do a lot of cooking. But I remember when my mom used to make these huge Christmas feasts, people would say, Betty, you got all your cooking done yet? And so all of these are really questions of preparedness. Are, hey, are you prepared for the holiday? Are you ready? Are, it's right here upon us. And so all of these questions are questions of readiness, of preparedness. And so today I really want us to look at um, how ready are we? Um, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that I'll run my gas tank in my car till like I'm, we're on fumes. Anybody else like that? Quentin, Quentin? <laughs> oh, I see some folks out there. Well, you know, I remember back in the old days when, uh, when uh, listen to me, I remember back in the old days, uh, well, you know, 30 years ago, I remember when Shay and I were going to college, we were poor as we could be. And, you know, uh, so we had to watch every little dime that we spent. And I remember we would fill that car up and, man, I would be running that thing on fumes. And we, I would think, man, we could get a little bit further. We get, I think I could go to the next exit. And we'd be driving between some of those North Alabama and Tennessee mountains. And, man, those exits get further and further apart. And I would just be praying, literally, uh, God, please don't let us run out of gas. Now, I've only run out of gas maybe twice in my life. But I, I didn't want to be out on one of those roads because there's, there's nobody around. Nowadays, we, Shay and I were in the car the other day, and she heard my little, uh, little alarm go off on my gas meter, and it went ding. And she said, you need to get some gas. And I said, let me see. And I punched that button. I said, I got 23 more miles to go. Man, we went from Daphne to Fairhope. We shopped. We came back to Daphne. We were riding around. I went and dropped her off at Bed Bath and Beyond. Went back and uh, Bed and Body Works. Whatever, they're all the same, you know, where they sell all those smelly soaps. Um, and I came back and I picked her up and I said, "We got to go to the gas station. I got one mile." I'm not joking. I had one mile. I had one mile, but I made it. Thank God, you know, for, for those little alarms. But you, when you think of preparedness, like um, when you think of pr- firemen, firemen, they're prepared all the time, all the time. And they don't get to schedule uh, their fires. You know, hey, we're going to have a fire this, you know, this, this Monday morning at, you know, 8.30 a.m. Then we're going to have another one at 12 uh, noon on Tuesday, and then we won't have another one until third. They don't get to plan their week like that. They have to be ready all the time. As a matter of fact, while you and I are here in the safety of our sanctuary, just enjoying the presence of God, the U.S. military right now is standing on alert, and they're watching our airspace. They're watching our borders to make sure that there are no imminent threats. Right now, they're looking out for us, and they're prepared for an attack that we hope that never comes. And so there's this idea of preparedness that, that we see it in Scripture. And I want you to go to um, Luke chapter 2, 
And let's just read right here, in, starting in verse 8, okay? Verse 8 says that that night, what? The night that Jesus was born. We've already read the part before it where Jesus was already born. He's in the stable. They've already wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Verse 8 says that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. In other versions of Scripture translations, it says watching their sheeps by night. Watching and guarding. There's a watch, and while you're watching, you're guarding. And throughout Scripture, it talks about how we are to be the watchmen on the wall, looking out for danger, looking for any kind of imminent threat or sometimes an imminent blessing that's coming. And so... Verse 9 says, suddenly, circle that, suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone round about them. And they were terrified, but the angel assured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby snugly wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And verse 12 says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I want to stop right there because... Really, the part of this that I want to point out tonight is really, or this morning, is that the shepherds were on watch. They were guarding. They were prepared. What were they prepared for? An attack from the wolf to come in. Uh, some of the sheep wandering away. They were prepared. They were watching. And not only there, but if you, uh, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, 24, I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus, he is in the garden of Gethsemane, and he, this is what it, he, he, he went and prayed, and while he's praying, he says to the disciples, I want you to stay here, and I want you to pray. And so he goes off and he begins to pray, and what do they all do? They fall asleep. And so in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, he comes back and he says, keep watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He says to keep watch and pray. You have to watch and pray. Most people don't do this whole watching thing. They'll do a, they, they will say prayers, they will pray, but they, they lose sight of the fact that we are to watch. First Peter chapter, First uh, uh, Peter chapter four, verse eight says that we are to be alert because the enemy prowls about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We have got to be on alert is what God is saying to us. And many times I'm amazed at how people do not live on alert status. Now, people who are in the military, people who are in any kind of area of civil defense, they are people who are on alert but the average civilian are on the New York uh, subway or uh, uh, out at the mall or whatever, and they're looking at their phone. This is the average person. They are looking at that phone, you know? And when my son moved to New York City and we were trying to prepare him to be on watch, like, son, when you get on the subway, you don't need to be looking at your phone. You need to be aware of your surroundings and who gets on that train with you. You need to be alert uh, uh, to your surroundings so that if there is any kind of threat, you need to know where the exits are and how do I get out of here. And you need to be, take a, 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 a uh, guarding-type stance towards people instead of looking like you're weak. And so anyway, I don't know if y'all do that with your kids, but Shay and I have done that our whole life. You know, when you get out to, we, we have plans and uh, that we try to help them to be alert and on watch throughout their life. 
And what does watching and praying involve? This is what it involves. It involves prayer as a lifestyle. It amazes me at how many of us do not have prayer as a lifestyle. You know, the scripture says pray without ceasing, not prayer, pray when you have a need. And for, for the majority of uh, immature believers, and, and I'm, not, I'm not talking down to anybody, I'm just saying in this room, there are people that are at all different levels of our faith. And there are people that you are just starting your relationship with the Lord. And so you would be at one place of maturity. And there's a place that you have to grow and we call you to a higher level. And then there are people like myself that, you know, I've been in this thing for 30-something, uh, over 30 years, but I still have a place in my prayer life that I can grow to. Are you, you follow me? Shay and I have been married for 33 years, and we are still working on our marriage. Why? Not because it stinks, not because I have a bad marriage. No, because we know that there are areas where we can grow in our love and our affection and our honoring one another that will bring us closer to be, and it's going to be like that for the rest of our lives. So prayer as a lifestyle is important for us, that we pray without ceasing. And if you'll look at Ephesians chapter 6, and you ever study the, um, the, the armor of God, he goes through and he tells us, hey, put your, shod your feet. In other words, put on your gospel shoes. Put, put on your helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. And he goes through all of those. But there is a secret weapon. I believe it's in uh, somewhere around Ephesians. Uh, well, let me, let me look it up because I took a picture of it right here. It's Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 18. It says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. In other words, watch and be persistent in your prayers. There's this thing with watching and praying that go together that we, we've missed in the spirit realm. There's a part that we have to do, and most of the time, we're just putting it all on God. Like, God, I need this, so I'm dependent on you. God, watch out for me. Protect me. I'm dependent on you. And that's all fine. We are to be dependent on God. But God has enabled to us with certain benefits. We call them gifts. We call them uh, 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 gifts of the Spirit and fruit of the Spirit that help us to do some of this on our own. And so he's saying, hey, I want you to pray. I want you to depend on me, but I also want you to watch. I want you to activate your gift of, the, of, of wisdom your gift of discernment. I gave those gifts to you to use in your life. Don't just walk into a room and just, you know, uh, assume that God's taking care of everything. Yes, He is doing that. But He also has, has endued us, imparted to us, enabled us, infused into our spirit whose Holy Spirit lives in us. So we carry the gift of wisdom. We carry the gift of discernment. We carry the gift of knowledge. We carry these gifts, and He expects us to use these. He says to us over and over and over in Scripture, watch and pray. Be sober. Be vigilant. Sober meaning don't be out of your mind. Don't, don't ever lose control of your faculties. That's what I'm telling you, if you ever, that right there, I, I wish I just had my little soapbox that I could put right here because I could get on, on that soapbox and I could use that, that one scripture as a don't ever get drunk, don't ever get stoned, don't ever take any kind of pills that'll get you so hopped up that you don't know what you're doing. Are you following me? Why? Because the scripture says be sober. Be vigilant. Always be in your own mind, possession of your own faculties so that you are in control at any time of your person. 
Oh, man, I could get off on a lot of things right there that the church needs to hear, but I better step off of it, okay? I better get off of that. But prayer as a lifestyle, it's not just Santa Claus God prayers. God, could you give me the boat? God, could you give me the house? God, could you give me a new car? God, could you give me this? God, could you give me that? Because we pray a lot of Santa Claus God prayers. We do. But prayer as a lifestyle, when he says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Now, there are people, they're not ever going to go to that level of prayer because that's a, praying in the Spirit is a serious prayer. And when I say serious, I don't mean sincere. I'm talking about praying in the Spirit is a serious warfare type of prayer. Why do you think he said pray in the Spirit at all times right after he had just told us about the body armor? Because praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, oh man, if you, if you ever hear somebody begin to pray in the Spirit, and I know that there, we have a number of uh, visitors here today, and I don't know if you realize that you walked into a prophetic, apostolic, full gospel-believing church. I don't know if you knew that or not when you came in, but you did, and we, didn't, uh, we, didn't, uh, we don't hide any of that stuff. We, we believe that there is no cessation in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and uh, man, when you hear somebody going into a spirit but praying in the Spirit, you, oh, you know it shifted into fifth gear. You know what I'm saying? You know we're fixing a ride now. We're fixing a glide. And there have been times where I'm telling you, uh, I have felt the Holy Ghost come upon me, and I'm like, I'm tired of dealing with this mess. I'm tired of dealing with this mess. And there's a level of the Holy Ghost that I'm fixing to move into. We ain't down in third gear or fourth gear. I mean, it, we shifting it up in fifth gear. It's fix, we fixing a ride now. And so when you hear somebody begin to pray in the Spirit and all of a sudden Holy Spirit begins to un, be unleashed uh, into that atmosphere and there's a level of, of praying in the Spirit in that heavenly language that only... It's, the Scripture describes it as this. Sometimes it doesn't even... Uh, it, it's not intelligible. It comes in groans and, and sounds that you can't understand. People who don't operate at that level of the Spirit get real uncomfortable quick around those folks. When somebody begins to, to go, mm. I'm telling you what, when Betty Jean Stewart began to groan in my house, that's my mama if y'all don't know. When my mama began to moan and groan, she, I knew there was a level that that house was about to go into that I'm like, I'm trying to find the quickest door to, you know, coffee table to dunk under. But there is the scripture when it talks about there is a groaning that we cannot understand, that only the Spirit of God understands. The devil can't even understand that. We'll pray in English, and the, the enemy, he, he knows those uh, prayers, but there is a praying in a heavenly language, a tongue that comes, that it's a heavenly language that only God understands. And it's almost like Morse code, if, you, if you're with me. Uh, in, in, you know, there was a time... Uh, in the world wars that we went through, and they called this machine, I think it was called the, Igni uh, the Enigma, if I'm right. I didn't study up on this for this message. It's just coming out right now. And there, there was a, uh, they, they were trying to figure out how to get uh, the messages across without the enemy intercepting. And they came up with this system that I believe it was the Cherokee tribes, but it was an Indian tribe, and they would translate their, their messages through that Indian tongue because the enemy, he knew German, he knew French, he knew English, but he didn't know that unknown, forgotten tongue. I'm telling you, there is a tongue that we can pray in that the enemy does not understand understand and he's just standing there bewildered and when we say we pray in the spirit at all times there is a prayer part of our life that if you're not there I promise you just if, if you will tr uh, try to get there if you will just be open to get there I've heard people to say nope 
That's, for the, that's of the devil. That's of the devil. I'm serious. And, uh, and, I, and, and I go, wow. Wow. You're cutting yourself off. You're cutting yourself off from some of the closest communion with God that you'll ever have. I'm telling you what, watching and praying involves prayer as a lifestyle. It's something that we don't do. You know, when I was, before I was a kid who, I mean, my parents literally, I'm telling you, my parents didn't raise me in church. But my dad, somewhere in his growing up, he got the impression that we're supposed to bless the food. And so we would pray this little prayer over our food all the time. And so what prayer looked like in my house before we were Christians, we weren't even Christians, and we would pray over the food. That's what my prayer looked like. And so I only thought you prayed over the food. Well, when I went to church and got saved, these people were praying over everything. You know, we're praying over my car. If it don't work, I'm like, who knew that you could do that? You know? They're praying over sickness, headaches, all kinds of stuff. Who knew that you could do that? I thought you only prayed. So I went to another level in my prayer life. And then in that prayer, uh, I somehow got the understanding that you only prayed when you had a need. Then I realized as I grew older that, wow, Prayer is my relationship with God. It's my communication with Him. And prayer is not always asking God for stuff. It's just telling Him how much I love Him and how much I appreciate Him. There's thanksgiving prayers. Prayer is not just asking for God. Prayer is just our communication with the Lord. So watching involves praying. Proactive approach to life. That's what watching, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people do not take a proactive approach to life. Don't worry, be happy, no worries, you know, it's all going to be okay. You know, don't worry about it, man, everything's going to be good. I'm not saying that you should worry. We cast that out on the Lord. But we are sober, vigilant, and we are proactive, staying alert Proactive approach to lifestyle means that I've got a plan. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be reactive. And I found myself many years in ministry being reactive. And I would react to situations that would come up. And I would realize, oh, the reason why I'm always trying to put fires out is because I have not built systems around me so that I don't have to put fires out, you know? Instead of, well, I, I could get into a lot of things there, but I won't. But there is a proactive approach to life that says, I got a plan. I'm telling you what, you should have a plan for every situation. And if you haven't gotten one for that, the next time it catches you off guard, the next time you have a plan for it. Man, if you catch me once and I'm unprepared, you're probably not going to catch me a second time on that. The people that I surround myself with, if we ever get caught off guard on something, it, that's going to be the first time. And the next time, let's come up with a plan of what we do when that happens. You should have a plan for everything in your life. I've told people, especially when I was a young uh, per, uh, a youth pastor, I would teach kids and I would say, you need to have a plan for when you get yourself in situations. And I would put several scenarios before them. Now I want to tell you, I'm just going to be very vulnerable right now to you, all right? So I was not raised in a Christian home. Uh, my wife was. She was like Jesus and John. She was a Christian in the womb, you know? She, you know what I'm saying? Like her mama took her to church inside the womb. She is Christianized. But she, she started dating this old heathen boy that had gotten saved, and his name was Rife. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know some of these Christian things. And, you know, and, and there were certain things that were taught to me that were actually taught wrong. And I was taught you know, uh, to, to be with as many women as you can be with. Now, my daddy didn't teach that, but society, unchristian, teaches that. How many girls you been with, man? How many, uh, you know, that, that's the thing. And so, you know, when I'm getting with her, 
I'm like, she's, I, I like her, and she's another girl that I'm dating with. And, but mm-mm, she had a plan. I had a plan too, but it was a bad plan. But she had a plan. And what, uh, when, whenever I started trying to work my plan on her, she's like, mm-mm, you ain't messing with this. Because she had a plan. Her parents taught her how to have a plan. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't think that old Rife didn't try to work his plan on her. Are you following me? I'm just a red-blooded hormone to the, you know, way up here, teenage boy. I'm trying to work my plan on her. But she ain't letting me work that plan. Why? Because she had a plan. Somebody taught her a plan. And the time that you need a plan is not in the middle of the situation. And that's what I would teach these young people. Like, hey, you need to know what that slick Rick, he's fixing to lay some lines down on you and, and try to be all smooth. You need to know, mm-hmm, I know what you're doing. Nope, I got a plan. Oh, baby, it's okay. It's all right. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, mm-mm, this is my plan. You know, but baby, don't you love me? Don't you feel what I'm feeling? I feel what you're feeling, but no, I got a plan. And here's my plan. And, and, and so you got that. You should have a plan for every part of your life. You should have a plan for your finances. You should have a plan for your marriage. Shay and I, when we made out our life plan, we're making it as 17 or 18 and 19-year-old kids. We are making a plan for our life. And we've celebrated 33 years of marriage, and I hope we get to celebrate, you know, 66 years of marriage. But it's all because two teenagers sat down and they made a plan and said, this is for life, right? That is our end in mind. We want to end our life looking at one another. You, I want you to be the last person I see before I leave this world. That's what we want our life to look like, right? And so because that's what our plan is, it's easy to live out times that are tough. Are you following me? It does, if, if we didn't have that plan, I'm telling you what, there are times in our marriage that we could have said, I'm done with you. And I'm sure she could say, I'm done with you. And we could have gone our ways. We could have done our things. But that wasn't our plan. We made a different plan. And so in our life, watching has a plan to respond. I'm telling you what, I wish I could just spend a whole lot more time here, but I got to kind of bring it together. There are times, like, I have plans in my life when things begin to go, uh, like, way off. And what I do is I'll bring my wife into the plan. Because you understand, like, the wife y'all see up here, you ain't with me every day of the week. You don't know some of the spiritual battles I get. I'm telling you what, sometimes I get some emails that are so seductive, and, and, and I'm like, I know that's the enemy trying to pull me into something it's weird, guys. You need to just spend one day in the life of a pastor. And I'll just, what, what will I do? I, I don't set on that email. You know what I'll do? I'll send this over to my wife and I'll say, look at this. Look at how weird this is. And so I don't know what she does with it. I hope she begins to tr- trust and pray. I got some weird email, bizarre email the other day. And as, as I read it, I, I, there was a spirit of seduction on the email shrouded in prayer. Lord, if I read you the email, you'd go like, that's just bizarre. But it was all shrouded in prayer. And I'm like, so what's my plan? What's my plan? I don't respond to those. That's my plan. How did I know what that was because the spirit praying in the spirit all the time praying in the spirit walking in a spiritual level of discernment if i wasn't walking in that i'd read that and go oh i need to reach out to this person i need to begin to pray for them no i recognized immediately a spirit of seduction on that and what's my plan i share it with my wife so that I'm not walking in that alone. And now there's a level of accountability in my life. Are you following me? Not only that, not only these things, but there is a power and provision to respond. 
Listen, if we're watching, it, it doesn't do us any good to see the enemy coming if we're powerless against him. Is it possible, Pastor Rife, to be powerless against the enemy? Yes. Now, I, just stay with me. This is going to stretch some of y'all's theology. I've seen people go, man, I, I, I'm telling you what, I wish the enemy, the devil was here right now. I'd punch him in the face. Like, you would punch him in the face once and then he'd smear you all over the floor. Why? Because you have an outward appearance or you might have a certain level. But I'm telling you what, there's plenty of biblical responses and, and, and uh, evidence where the seven sons of the high priest Sceva they went out doing ministry and they were trying to cast devils out and those devils whipped those boys butt naked. That's what the scripture says. Not like that, but it says it ripped their clothes off and they, they running. You know what I'm saying? And they go, they, they go back and, you know, like what happened? The disciples at times, they went out and they said, we tried to pray and we tried to cast these out, but, th but it didn't work. And Jesus comes back and said, oh, you came up against a certain level of devil. See, there's all kinds of level. In the spirit realm is a model of what happens in the natural realm or, the nat or vice versa. In, in the army, there's sergeants, and I, I'm not an army guy, so I don't get all the ranks, but there's lieutenants and uh, corporals and sergeants and all the way up to generals. In the spirit realm, how can we do that here? Why? Because we get our model from the spirit realm. The scripture says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, and powers or principalities in high places. He, he lists this hierarchy and so there are times in our life when we're watching that you better be careful because you've got to have the power and the provision to respond accordingly to the principality that you're dealing with. When you go up against uh, devils of a certain level, you have to be at a certain level in the spirit realm. And it comes through relationship and time spent with the Lord and maturity and understanding of what warfare really looks like. And so what does watching and praying look like? Prayer is a lifestyle, a proactive approach to life, a plan to respond, and then a power. Listen, the scripture tells us that all authority has been given to us. We have all authority. In you, in you, you have all the authority you need to go up against any devil or any situation that you want to. It doesn't mean, though, that you know how to. If somebody walked into this um, building and they handed me an AK-47, a weapon, I, I wouldn't know how to use it. Are you following me? Like, is it in my hands? It is, is it at my disposal? Yes, I have it. But I'm like, I guess you pulled the trigger on this thing. I'm sure it's more sophisticated than that. There has to be training. I'm telling you what. You go pull up a YouTube video and you just see, uh, you just do a search on first time uh, shotgun, uh, you know. You see those people there up there? They're holding the gun down here un under, uh, you know, they fire and the gun's like, Pew! or, you know, they fire and, you know, it goes. They have the weapon but they don't know the knowledge of how to use it, how to position themselves to use the weapon. It's the same way in the spirit realm. We have all authority. We have all the gifts available to us, but it doesn't know that we know how to mean that we know how to use them. That comes through a very proactive, 
I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to learn how to use it so that I can learn how to be successful in this life. And so I'm going to wrap this up, Brandon, if you want to come. I'm going to wrap this up by saying, are you prepared? Because I started this by saying, you know, we get all these questions about, hey, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for the season? Have you got all these things done? But we see over and over and over throughout Scripture questions of, are you ready? Are you prepared? Be sober, be vigilant. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? Is your heart right? And there are three things I want to ask you, are you prepared for? Are you prepared for Satan's next battle? Are you prepared for Satan's next attack? This week, while I was praying, the Holy Spirit led me to uh, the Scripture, 1 Peter 5, 8. And He impressed upon me to lead the, the group of men that uh, are some intercessors with me. And I felt the Lord saying that during times when things are uh, kind of at a lull, it kind of seems like that way in our country right now. The political stuff has kind of died down. The riots have kind of died down. The coronavirus stuff seems to have died down. Yes, I know there's, they're saying, you know, it's spiking and shutdowns and all that. But it, it, in my world, at least, it doesn't seem like everything is like up here. Even in your own personal world, things that you go through, many times we get to this place of like when it comes down, we're like, oh, thank God, man, I don't have to be in warfare. I don't have to be like, and it's like Holy Spirit was saying, I want you to understand the times where it seems like the calm. You do not need to stop praying and be alert and watch. And the Holy Spirit said, watch. Be on the watch because in the calm time, you can guarantee that the enemy is seeking his next plan of attack. He's planning his next plan of attack. And we have ever got to be vigilant. I wish we didn't, guys. I wish we didn't. But the words from the lips of our own Lord said, Be so much longer that I got another weird email and I don't I, I don't I haven't figured out what that one is but my plan was I'm not responding to that one either and it came under the guise of prayer but when I got that email I felt that I, I just immediately the Lord showed me there's a spirit of seduction there's a spirit of seduction and I'm like uh -uh, I, I'm not answering that I'm not even getting involved with that you know what? You know what? I immediately heard the devil say, and he sounded like the Holy Spirit. Hmm. What gift is that? Discernment. The ability to know the voice of the enemy and the voice of God. You know what the voice of the enemy, masquerading as the Holy Spirit, said to me? What's the 
next attack that he has? And are you ready for that? Are you operating at a level that you would be able to discern that? Because I'm telling you, Holy Spirit is walking, uh, uh, Satan is walking around masquerading as the Holy Spirit. And he is so deceptive in how he sounds like God. You've got to walk in the Spirit at all times. Are you ready for your next season? season because see the watchman on the wall didn't necessarily just watch for the enemy's attack but he also watched the messenger coming with good news maybe the king's approaching and he sees the messenger in the distance and he's watching for the next season that God is about to take you into are you ready for that I'm telling you what I believe with all my heart that God has blessings ready for the for the church that we're not ready to receive. And I don't want to be that way. I want to be ready for what God has for us at Destiny. I want to be ready for the next season that He has for us corporately. I want to be ready for the next season. Because a lot of times we'll just say the next season, you know, uh, in a negative sense. But there is a negative sense. Maybe are we ready for the next season? I'm telling you, I don't think the church was ready for this season that we just went through. We were not ready for this season. We were putting on play church and patty cake church and all that kind of jazz. And, and, and look at what happened. like the Lord said today in this house. I have ideas. I have strategies. I have things that I want to birth into the earth. Who will carry them? Like, Lord, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Are you ready for the next car that God wants to give you? I'm just telling you, if it's filthy, you better go clean it today. Because God is not going to bless you if you're not stewarding well with what you have. Some people's praying for a million praying for a million dollars. They're praying for the next job and you can't even be faithful with your giving on the job you got. Some people are praying that God will heal them of their diabetes while they're shoving in little Debbie's cakes by the dozens. I'm just telling you. You have got to be prepared for your next season. God ain't going to help you with that weight problem, that diabetes problem, that tummy tuck or whatever. When you are not doing your part, watch what you eat. Watch what you put in your mouth. Watch what you are doing. Watch and then pray. finances. Bless my finances. Watch what you do with your money. What are you spending your money on? How are you using your money? God bless us with a new house. God bless us in this next season with a new house. How have you treated the one that you've got? I'm just telling you. Are you ready for season. I'm waiting on God. No, you ain't. God is waiting on you. He's got the blessing. He's ready to to release the blessing. Are you ready to receive the blessing? And then the last thing is, are you ready for the second coming? Or maybe you're going. church even believes in the second coming. The first coming is when he came as a baby in a manger. The second coming of the Lord, he is going to come as a righteous king. And sissy Jesus is not going to exist. Do you understand? Let me explain it to you for those who don't. Some people have have, uh, just demeaned Jesus into this little spineless of grace 
just do whatever you want to. Live however you want to. I'm God. My grace is sufficient for you. And while there is a degree of truth in that, it does not negate our obligation to be holy as he is holy. That's what the scripture says. Be holy as I am holy. It does not negate us from our responsibility. When he comes the second time, he will not come meek and lowly as a, as a baby in a manger. He will not come as the incarnate God. He will come as the resurrected king. And he is coming as a, as a judge to judge the quick and the dead. And he is looking for a church that is white and spotless and blameless. Not perfect. We are only perfected in him. But that's how he's coming. And I wonder at times, does the church even believe that he's coming again? When the angel appeared to the shepherds who were watching, they were watching. They were watching for something but they got something else instead. They were not anticipating angels in the sky and angelic messengers. And twice it says in the text that we wrote today, and suddenly, there is something about suddenly in Scripture. The Scripture says in Matthew chapter 24, when it's describing the day of the coming of the Lord in His second return, it says suddenly, he will return. Two men will be working alongside of each other in the marketplace, in the field. And one will be taken and one will be left behind. Two mothers will be taking care of their children and one will be taken and one will be left behind. There is coming a day when he is going to come. He's going to split the eastern sky wide open. He's going to step out and it's going to be like something out of a science fiction He's going to appear in clouds of glory and he is going to be riding that white horse and he is going to be coming at the trumpet call of God and he is stepping out to receive those who are called and marked by his name. And that God of grace, that God of grace, the time of grace is going to come to an end and at that day it will be a day where there is no time to make up a plan then. There will be no time for salvation to happen at that moment because that time was then and now suddenly the Lord will come. And those, the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that those who know the Lord will be caught up in the air with Him. And then those who have gone before us and they're already dead, that they will proceed before us and be all raptured with Him. Are you ready for that moment? I am. I used to live in fear of that moment. God, please don't let that happen. Listen, I'm telling you today, you don't have to live in fear. You can live with a peace that He's your Lord, He's your Savior, and He's your King. Are you ready for Satan's next attack? Because, friend, it's coming. How do I know that? Because it's scriptural. The scripture says, beware that scandalon. We get our word scandal, scandalous. Beware, scandalons will come. Temptations will come. Trials will come. Temptations will come. But we can go through those things. And I'm telling you all, there's a peace that passes understanding. I think my 2018 and 2019 prepared me for my 2020. I hated 2018 and 2019. I wasn't happy with those years. And then when 2020 came, I believe it prepared me for this season because I walked through 2020 with a level of peace that surprised myself. Are you ready for your next season? Are you ready for the second coming? As we just close the
all the time. All the time. It never stops, guys. Our spiritual checkup never stops. King David, who was the man that Scripture labels the man after my own heart, he continually searched. He said, search my heart, God, and remove anything in me that you see that I might be blind to. Those are prayers I pray all the time and you should pray too. Constantly just saying, is there anything in me that has gotten in, maybe unaware, that separated me from God? Check yourself spiritually. That's how you can apply this message. Holy Spirit will show you. God, show me stuff in my life that, that you don't want there. And God, help me to see it outside of a religious context. Hear me. Because some people don't know the difference between religion and, and spiritual relationship. Sometimes if you looking at it through a lens of religion, you'll get all these rules that you, oh, you need to not do this, not do this, not do this, and you'll start operating out of the flesh and religion. No, you want to hear the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you. The scripture says this, that God's sending Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth. So if you ask Holy Spirit and your heart is sincere, Holy Spirit cannot lie to you. He'll reveal the truth to you. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is this. Make a stop at a Starbucks. Things that I need to eliminate and things I need to initiate. Just make a stop at Starbucks. I need to stop doing this. Why? Because it leads you down this path. To start doing some of these things that I don't do that could lead me in a more productive way. And I'm serious, you should make a start stop list. There are people in our congregation, and I, there are two here today Giselle is one, and Levi is another. And then I, and Shay could be another, and I'm sure there's many others that I'm like, I know for a fact that you do these things because you show me the evidence of last week I said, you know, forgive somebody in your family. And Levi, he contacted me and said, Pastor Wright, he said, man, I feel so free. He said, I did that one phone call, and the first phone call led to a second phone call, and the second phone call led to a third phone call, three, three phone calls where forgiveness and it freed him. And so I'm telling you, if you will apply this and act God is going to take you 